Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hello, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Odd Life Podcast. I have a guest for you today that I cannot wait for you to meet. Her name is Jennifer DeRosiers. Jennifer is the CEO and founder of multiple businesses. You're going to hear all about them here in the podcast episode. But I just want to let you know that Jennifer is one of those people that when you see her and you watch what she's doing, you cannot help but want to be involved in whatever she's doing because she's just a a loving, caring, uh, I don't know, she just has a zest for life as well that you just want, that energy is just something you want to be around. And so I stalk her consistently on Instagram. I want to know what she's up to. She has got such a head for business. Um, She's got the heart for people and community. And she has a soul that's deep and she wants to experience life to the fullest. And what is not to love about all of that? So I cannot wait for you to meet her and to listen to all of that she's got going on. She's such a powerhouse and she will inspire you to get in alignment with what you're passionate about, what you're feeling in your heart is your true calling and to just, you know, pursue it. It's just a great story. And I love uh, getting to know her even more through this podcast. So enjoy this conversation with again, Jennifer DeRosiers. All right. Well, welcome Jennifer. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am honestly, I'm, I'm just honored that you're on here. I have been watching you from afar for a while and I'm just, I'm just love watching your your life unfold and what you're doing. And I just thank you so much for being here and being part of the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, having me join you. I'm excited to yeah. chat with you. Well, Jennifer and I, uh, I followed you. I've, I always do this. I always kind of give everybody like how I found you. Uh, I like an origin story, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I believe it was Mary Jo Anderson had highlighted your business something at one point. And, uh, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of following you and your Instagram and holy cow, I just started to fall in love with number one, the food and all the things you started to you know share and, and whatnot. And, uh, I've just watched, love watching the evolution of, of you. Just give us a quick bio of who you are, kind of maybe where you're at in the world, all that. Sure. Um, as you said, my name is Jennifer DeRosiers, and I am the founder and CEO of a few different companies. Um, my newest creation is Ginger Fox Bakery. I'm probably best known for my first restaurant, uh, Laney and Blue. And um, we just created a um, basically a hospitality company to be a container for all of, all of my projects. And that company is called Altitude Companies. And a couple of years ago, with one of my team members at Laney and Lou, we created Palette. Um, so we have a lot of really fun things happening. And I'm located in southern New Hampshire, outside of Portsmouth. Awesome. And it's such a beautiful area. Like every picture you're sharing, whether it's you're skiing or whatever, the fall colors, it's on my list of places to visit at some point in my life because the Northeast is just is stunning. 
It really is. It's such a special place to live because from my house, I can be at the ocean in 10 minutes. I can be at some of the most incredible mountains that I've ever visited in about an hour and a half. We can be skiing within an hour. So it's just really super special here. Did you grow up in that area? Is this like, is this home base for you? Has this been where you've been all your life? I grew up in northern Vermont, about three hours north of here. And that was just a little bit south of Canada and a little bit west of New Hampshire. Skiing from young age, like all that. Big in the Edward. Yeah, started skiing. Yeah, it was a little tiny town. And, uh, you know, being outside was basically all there was to do. Um, but started skiing when I was two, mountain biking when I was 14, and have always really been drawn to nature and being outside and maybe a little bit more of a tomboy than, um, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood full of boys and, um, you know, it was just such a, such an idyllic place to grow up. And now that I look back and really understand what a gift that was, it was pretty special. I I know. And I, I, I think back about, I think I was watching, I was watching, um, a TikTok the other day and it was kind of funny. This gentleman gets on and he says, and I explain what you mean by drinking out of the hose. And this elder lady gets on and she's like, because you didn't want to go inside. We're Gen Xers. We, we were outside. <laughs> we did not come in. We were out doing all the things and running around and biking. And and I was like, that's totally like our childhood. And it sounds like you had the same kind of childhood. You were gone all the time outside. The further, the better, probably. <laughs> That, it's so yeah. true. It's so true. You just literally hear your father whistle at dusk and it was time exactly. to come home and have dinner yeah. and every night sitting around the table as a family. It, it almost sounds unreal, but it's, it's actually that, like eating carrots out of the garden and drinking the water out of the hose. They all survived <laughs> at this point. But uh, So tell me about your family dynamic. Were your parents kind of entrepreneurs and go-getters or what was your life growing up to see this maybe modeled for you? Yeah. So my dad worked for a local manufacturer. They uh, produced at the time, it's no longer there, but um, they produced at the time cutting tools. And it was very, say, you know, traditional manufacturing environment, a company that I ended up interning at through college. And that was really the the launching pad for my mm-hmm. career. Um, we might yeah, get into that yeah. in a bit. And then my mom started a small home daycare when I was about five years old. And she grew that business from having, you know, I remember two or three infants when we got started. And then when, um, when I was in college, she expanded into uh, a separate building, which I designed oh. and uh, helped them, um, help them get into, um, you know, with my skills as an architectural engineer. And then um, she finally sold that business. Gosh, I don't even know how long ago it's now, maybe 15, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years or something like that. But um, yeah, so I don't think I had an appreciation for what my mom was doing as an entrepreneur and uh, as a business owner, managing a small team and growing her business year over year, yeah. and um, you know, watching her do paperwork at night. I had zero appreciation for what that really mm-hmm. meant. But I think now looking back, it really did empower me in all aspects of my career. I never felt like there was anything that I I couldn't do and never felt disadvantaged as a female business owner. So tell me, let's go back to that. So your dad's into engineering, your mom's an entrepreneur. You followed your dad's footsteps initially, right? So tell me about what led to that. What was that something that was just like, oh, I'm doing what my dad did. I see what he does. I love it. Like where, how did that come about? And where did that take you? Yes. 
he was more of a blue collar guy. He was, you know, one that was running a machine as a kid and then worked himself up into maintenance manager uh, type position. And, you know, he worked a very, you know, I guess traditional uh, off early, early in the morning with his lunchbox and back at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, sort of thing. But um, his company was a large global company. It was a couple billion dollar company, lots of different, um, you know, they were representing a lot of different brands. And they had a program that allowed uh, college students to come work and do just odd jobs and data entry, the awful administrative things you don't yeah. want to do during the yeah. summers. And I jumped in on that. And I'm so glad that I did because I, you know, at one point was sitting in a room with someone who was describing a, a strategic project from the corporate office. And I literally just turned around, rose my hand and said, I could do that project. And um, I was probably about 19 when that happened. And it was really the launching uh, pad for my career. I thought I would go into architecture or architectural engineering. And uh, I quickly, you know, took a hard right turn uh, straight to manufacturing and was in that world for about 20 wow. years. So what was that like being in manufacturing? Probably not a lot of women. I would assume. No, and so how did you handle not that? Not being kind of the only woman. Was that something that you feel like made you louder and stand up with your, you know, for yourself and be more vocal or did you, you know, how did that, how'd you navigate that space? There's so many aspects to it. It's, it's probably an aspect of my life and development that I haven't 100% unpacked. Mm-hmm. It, it is really interesting. I oftentimes was most of the time, the only woman in the room mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, I, you know, eventually transitioned into, um, plastic injection molding. And in one of my companies for eight years, I was one of 150 business development people globally. And I was the only mm-hmm. woman and, um, and I, the stories are in, insane. So when I really start to think about it, it was a lot of breaking barriers, yeah. um, proving that I deserve to be in the yeah. room. Um, having to be way more confident or seem way more confident than probably I was. But then also there's there's some hard realities to it where I realized that I was, I was incredibly um, I was cr- incredibly limited in my career opportunities as a woman, mm-hmm. um, significantly underpaid for most of my career yeah. until the very end. and then um, and then I, I ha- also have to get really honest with myself and say there were things that I probably, um, allowed to happen to me that now when looking back, if someone told me this is what I'm enduring in the workplace, I I would be like, um, you need a, you need to go talk to HR and B you need to get away from that company as quickly as possible. And those are the aspects of, you know, my career that I probably have not unpacked as much as I need to, and just sort of forgiven myself for allowing myself to be in those situations. And, it's, it's the harsh reality, mm-hmm. maybe back then more so than hopefully now. Yeah, 100%. I actually just talked about this. I had a podcast I published uh, today about boundaries. And, and I think that, you know, we also do what we're modeled. And I, back then, there weren't, you know, we weren't seeing women really stand up and have hard boundaries and, you know, we're doing this and I'm not taking this, whatever. We didn't have a lot of our models doing that. So I feel like, you know, it took until now, honestly, to really see more examples of, of women speaking up and speaking out and standing up for themselves and what they want in life back yes. then. I feel like there was this kind of this, don't talk about it, you know, don't, you know, just sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not happening and walk away and all that's, you know, I just feel like that's something that maybe is a sign of the times a little bit 
for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So tell me the moment then, because obviously you were in there for 20 years and now you're doing something completely different with your own and your own businesses. What was the what was the catalyst for all that? Was it was it one thing or was it a multiple of things or was it that situation you just mentioned, like the things you had to endure? Like what was the the moment where you realized this is not for me anymore? I'm sure it was an accumulative process. I think that, um, you know, the years of just being really feeling really disconnected from who I truly am, um, there was a, a lot of sort of denial of my femininity about trying to hide that. Um, you know, I wore my hair very, very short for a long, long really? time, which I actually will go back to 100%. Oh my I gosh, love the you pixie cut. just long, long. So I can't <laughs> imagine you short hair. I'm like, don't, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I know. I said I was going to cut it at 45 and then. 45, I'm going to be 46 in another couple of months. Yeah. I'm like, well, I missed that milestone, but <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe someday. I'm jealous. So I, I always mention your hair. It's just stunning. So I can't imagine oh, you with, without you. it all, but uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So you said you're feminine yeah, and so, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So um, yeah, somewhere along the way, I started doing yoga on and off mm -hmm. in my early twenties and somewhere along the way, circa 2009 or 10, um, a new yoga studio in the area opened and I started attending. And this, the woman that owned it, Tara, she was, you know, mostly preaching during class and it was very powerful. Mm -hmm. And beyond the physical and mental aspects of the benefits of, of that for me, um, you know, she would ask some very big questions during class you know, what, what's important to you? What, what it lights your fire? Um, what does wellness look like for you? What does success look like for you? Mm -hmm. And ultimately I decided, I'm like, I want to be inspirational like that and decided to become a, a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. And literally the first weekend of yoga teacher training, she asked a question based on the work of Byron Katie. What does, you know, what's true for you or what, what are you, um, you know, what are you sort of leading on that leaning on that may actually not be true? And I was leaning on mm -hmm. my success being, you know, really baked into my corporate career. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I made a decision that day, I'm going to make a change. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was 2012. And yeah. ultimately left my corporate career in 15, 14, yeah. 15. And opened up Laney and Lou in September of 2015. Oh my gosh. So you had a couple years of having to endure and deal Was that you kind of starting to create the process, the behind the scenes and the idea and the, you know, plans and all that. Was that kind of your two years of grace period you gave yourself that I take it? Yes. I started teaching yoga mm -hmm. and uh, was teaching six or seven classes a week, working mm -hmm. full time, traveling all over the world. Mm -hmm. And really trying to plan what does that exit strategy look like? Yeah. And I felt like it was going to be in a, in a wellness company mm -hmm. and adventure being outside, as we talked about, was always important to me, but something I would very much put, you know, on the back burner for my career. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what if I create a company where I can take these elements that are super important to me, my new found passion for wellness, yoga, adventure, and wrap them up into a company. So I created my first company, Wild Adventures Life, okay. and launched that in 2014, started doing some health coaching. And as I um, planned, basically left my corporate career, but then started consulting and doing some side work to try to maintain uh, a source of income. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that was very much a distraction mm -hmm. away from actually building my company. Sure. So it was very scary time to leave something that was 
something that I really understood corporate, that corporate life. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's the benefits and it's all the other things you have at your disposal mm-hmm. and having to walk away from that and going, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So then, you know, one day, um, I saw the for lease sign at, you know, what is now Laney and Lou and it just, it just kind of all appeared to me. It was mm-hmm. definitely a download um, from another place and <laughs> it was really lovely. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I thought I could grow my wellness company in, you know, in the midst of doing the restaurant and, you know, first day of opening the restaurant, I was like, okay, no, I'm a restaurateur. I, I need to put all of my eggs in this basket to make this work. Yeah. And was, was palate at the same time, or was that before? And palate, just to explain, is it's explain what palate is as well. Sure. So palate is a graze box company. We call ourselves an experiential food and gifting company, mm-hmm. um, and we you can definitely find a lot of people around doing graze boards and tables now. But when we started bringing this concept to life in probably about 2016, we started building our first grazing uh, tables and boards through the lens of Laney and Lou. We were really educating people on what this, um, you know, what this type of eating style was. And um, it definitely, you know, brings your traditional charcuterie board to the whole, you know, to a whole new level. And in 2020, right before COVID, we split that off and and made it into its own company and called it Palette. Got it. And so then Laney and Lou, let's tell everybody what that's all about, what Laney and Lou's, you know, the concept, where it came from, you know, those kinds of things and what the name stands for as well. I like, always like knowing the, the name origin, name origin as well. Laney and Lou is an inspired eatery. We have one location in Exeter, New Hampshire at this time. And I'm very excited to say we're building our second location in Portsmouth. Awesome. Um, and we hope to be open in May. We are a plant-centric, inspired eatery, and we, you know, we have smoothies, smoothie bowls, coffee, salads, um, sal- uh, grain bowls, and lots of fun snacks and other things on the menu. Mm-hmm. And it's really just a combination of all, all the food that was serving me and continues to serve me uh, that I was eating at home and finding impossible to find out in the world. And, yeah. you know, I thought it would really be a smoothie place mm-hmm. and added in all these little elements in like turmeric lattes, et cetera, that I just absolutely love. So a lot of the menu is kind of selfish. I just wanted to have access to that food <laughs> yes. while yeah. I was out. And, uh, yeah. and it's been such a fun journey to see literally the day we opened, um, you know, we were so embraced by the community and it's, it's been a whirlwind ever since we've just continued to grow year over year, month over month. And, um, it's been, it's been one of my hardest journeys, but also one of my, you know, most, um, cherished journeys. Yeah. Yeah. Such a gift. So what was the beginning like for you? I mean, there's probably, you are working seven days a week. I mean, you don't probably even want to know how many hours I'm assuming. (laughs) Yeah, it was, Absolutely insane. I'm very grateful with my knowledge of architectural engineering, project management, business development. I was able to essentially manage the renovation, do the design work and stuff for the restaurant on my own. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it was a very small, um, you know, 750 square foot, 13 seats. Sure. And, um, you know, sort of just made it up as I was going along. Yeah. But when we opened, I was, of course, the general manager, the, um, you know, the chef, sure. the owner, all the things. And I had a small team, thank goodness. 
And within a couple of months, it was very clear that I needed to grow my team and thankfully was able to hire, um, you know, Steph week three, who's mm-hmm. now my yeah. right hand person yeah. and business partner for Palette. Yeah. And uh, we hired our first chef and we've had a chef ever since. And now we're a team of, of 25. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's been really, I mean, when did you open the doors of Laney and Lou? What year was that? September of 2015. And I worked every day for a year. Yeah. Every day. No vacations, babe. So um, with Laney and Lou, I mean, at this time, here you are going from, you know, traditional corporate job to now business owner and whatever. I'm always just really curious about your support system at this time. Like, what were you hearing from people in your life? Were they like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're walking away from this job. Like what was, what was going on in your personal life with all that at that point in time? I would say most people were, um, they were cheerleading me from afar. Uh, I definitely felt very isolated and alone. Um, I, I won't, kid you on that. Mm -hmm. And there'd be that occasional time where I would run into, well, I had a lot of, I was tracking a lot of um, entrepreneurs and business owners into Laney and Lou. And that was really wonderful. So I I would, I would just find a lot of peace in conversations that I would have in the dining room with other business owners to be like, you're not alone. It's okay. You're going to make it through this. Um, And, um, and I think that's really driven a lot of the creation for altitude companies and wanting to be a coach and a sounding board and a resource for other business owners, especially um, towards the beginning of of one's entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, but it was, it was extremely difficult um, to make the the change. And I mm-hmm. think in any time where you have a significant trans- transformation in your own personal life or um, in your direction, some people kind of fade to the background. Sure. And I always... I always tell people, especially women, that it's going to happen. So just be kind of ready for it. And and you can mourn those friendships, but you have to just say, thank you for getting me here. And I'm going to have to keep moving on without you. Yeah. And you're making space for what's to come your way. You know, the women that need to come into your life or the people. And, you know, I think that are serving this now time in your life. And because I think as we change and do things, I'm sure that you're a very different person than when you were, you know, in the architectural engineering world. And and then as you grow and create the next thing or this company or, you know, altitude companies, it's going to change you again. And you're going to have different people coming in at that point in time too. So it's, I just, I, I had somebody explain to me one time, it's like being on a path and people, everyone's got their backpack and it's kind of like you, um, you're all walking together and some people come in, you know, join in from the side and walk with you for a while, then they fade back out. And, but it's, you're, you're always going to keep moving forward. You don't ever get to a, like a, a finish line. You're just walking with people along the way. And some people, you know, stay the whole course and some are here and there for, you know, a time or two. And I think that really helped me um, deal with some of that grief, like you mentioned, that that loss, because they're not necessarily in the same, um, you know, mindset or they're not going down the same path anymore that I am. And, and that's okay. And, yes. you know, so I think that's kind of what you're alluding to a little bit. And I get that because I've heard yes. that before. And I think that happens with, um, with your team as well. If you, if you're one that has, you know, a company, 
um, with several team members, you know, we've seen so many people come and go over the years. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's really staggering where, you know, a name will come up and be like, oh my goodness, they worked for us five years ago for maybe three weeks. Yeah. But that's how it goes. A, that's how it is in the hospitality world. But B, yeah. that's, I think, how it goes in, in, um, when you, you run small companies and, um, I've always been under the, um, you know, kind of the means of if I leave them better than they came, then I've done my part and they're probably going to leave at some point. Yeah. 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 I get that. Uh, it's kind of almost like, I feel maybe like a teacher when you see a student down the road, like, Oh, there were my students in this class and it's, there's a bond or something. You made an impact on each other at some point, uh, not meant to be forever, but there was some kind of everlasting you know, impression. Hopefully, like you said, it was always a good thing. Yes. Uh, where did the name Lainey and Lou come from? What is that from? It's a play on my niece's nickname. Aww. She just turned 18 and her nickname was Lainey Lou when she was a little kid. Got it. Oh, fun. Oh, that's super sweet. I'm sure she loves it. I've got a restaurant yeah. in my name. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of driven now um, our naming protocols. Palette is palette and that's based off from a color palette. Um, sure. But uh um, Ginger Fox is a play on my nickname, uh, from my partner in life, his kids, Luke and Leo yeah. call me Ginger. And, <laughs> and uh, then we have a couple other, um, concepts in the wings that are also named after like sort of family nicknames or, yeah. um, really personal things like that. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. I love it. So let's move into that. So you, um, have Lainey Lee, you're doing great. And by the way, I want to commend you for during COVID I'm watching from afar all that you guys did with Laney and Lou, this little space in Exeter. I don't know how many, what's the population of Exeter? I mean, that's a good question. I looked it up the other day. I think it's um, like 10 or 15,000 in the surrounding area. It's pretty small. Yeah. Well, I'm watching from afar and you're, you have this fantastic idea of come in and buy yourself a meal and then buy someone, buy one for somebody in the you know, medical world that's, you know, front, front lines dealing with all this. And you would take a load of food with you every day to, you know, the hospital and drop it off. And I thought that was the coolest idea because you felt like you needed to do something and what could you do? Right. And it also encouraged people to give and, and, um, be on, you know, be giving to people that need it the most. Cause I think everybody kind of felt a little helpless, you know, you're watching mm-hmm. the news and it was like watching, two weeks worth of news in a day and it was overwhelming and you didn't know what you could do. And that was one thing that you could do. And mm-hmm. I loved that, that idea that you did that. So I commend you for finding a way to make an impact in your community and people showed up. That is for sure. <laughs> Big time. Big yeah. time. Thank you. And, made, and that's also, you know, is a, is a nod to you for what you're doing in the community and respecting you and, I know no one could have shut up. They could have done their own thing and they obviously supported you and wanted to keep your business going. So you must have a soft spot in your heart for the, your customers for, for doing that and helping you guys keep the lights on throughout that time. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm getting like a little emotional with you just mentioning it. When I was in my office earlier today, I moved um, this big piece of craft paper that's rolled up now and sits in my office and on it is every name of every person that donated a meal during that time. So we we rolled at that time. No one could see it because the dining room was closed. But we had sure. it up in the restaurant, and anytime anyone donated, we would write their name up on this paper. And um, and I I have kept it because I'm like someday if I have a corporate office or something, I'm going to put that up there because I really think that was a pivotal time where it mm-hmm. would have been. 
not easy, but it would have, it wouldn't have been um, unfathomable to say, you know, we're going to shut it down. I think there were so many moments where I would hear myself saying hospitality world restaurants will never be the same. Mm -hmm. And we may never open up our uh, dining rooms again. And it's kind of silly to think that I was making such bold statements, but I think there was just such an incredible amount of uncertainty that who knew if if we were going to or not. And we've come back and we're thriving even more than before. And our community is tighter than it was before, but yeah, at the time, who who was to know, right? Yeah, I know. But I just I wanted to say, you know, congratulations on that part because I think Thank that was you. such a huge way for you to show up. And it wasn't here. Look at me. It was like, hey, we got to help these people. And in the meantime, people were supporting you as well, which I thought was fantastic. So I, I think. Thank you. I, I think where that came from is, you know, part of our mission and pretty much the primary mission of Laney and Lou is to build and inspire community. Mm-hmm. And anytime we get to a place where we need to make a tough decision or we need uh, help and direction, we just tap back into mission and we say, okay, how can we inspire and build community here? Well, we have an amazing product. We have healthy food. People need to bolster their health. Um, people need help. So uh, that would be something that I would encourage other business owners to do is when you're feeling like the answer is not necessarily there, just tap Mm -hmm. back into your mission and I'm sure the answer will show itself. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Back to your why, you know? Yeah. Uh, so again, now you mentioned Ginger and Fox. Is it Ginger Fox? Ginger, Ginger Fox. Fox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ginger Fox is now this bakery you have started, uh, and you purchased a bake. You did you purchase a building from somebody else that used to be a bakery? Is that correct? Yes, we purchased the bakery. Yes. Yeah, and so you're renovating it right now. Things like that, probably correct. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Thirty five year history owned by a family in town, and Aww. and it's been um, it's been a really sweet process to um, you know try to continue um, the family business legacy, if you will. Sure. And sure. it's fun because the boys, um, Luke and Leo, are experiencing this business acquisition and growth right from the from the beginning. Yeah. So they're seeing that we're actually headed to a design review this afternoon after school and so that they get to sit in and hear us talk about it and I'm really hopeful that that will encourage them um you know to open any entrepreneurial doors and like Luke is so excited about the architecture and design I'm like that's so cool at seven like to have exposure to that stuff very cool very much so yeah because if you can see it then you can believe that you can do it too it's that modeling and seeing you do it and what it takes and behind the scenes and being involved in that, I think that's awesome. How cool. Yes. So Luke is seven and Leo is how old? Seven. Twins. Oh, they're twins. I didn't realize yes. that. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's fun. Double trouble. Yes. Or double absolutely. the excitement. <laughs> double the cuddles, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. So now is this something that you're doing with your partner, this Ginger Fox Bakery? Are you guys partners or he's just there as support and watching? Yeah, he's there as support, but definitely yeah. involved and helping out as much as he can when he's not, um, you know, running his business and traveling. But, um, but yeah, it's it's been fun to have a partner in crime yeah. on this business with me, and and I, I need the help as well because, of course, I'm running, we're building two restaurants at the same time, which I yeah. I don't know if I recommend it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, character well, building. Yeah, you did Lainey, so you did Lainey and Lou all on your own, and then yeah. eventually you did bring Steph in, so you've got her help there, but. Now this is with somebody that's kind of eyes and ears for you and helping be another, you know, something to bounce ideas off of and, and thoughts. How has it changed the process? Has it been easier? Has it been harder? Like, tell me what it's been like, the difference of the two. 
It's interesting. I mean, I still definitely take the lead. These are my businesses. My mm-hmm. it's my vision, but I mm-hmm. feel inspired to uh, get buy in and um, and share in the process. And 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 Steph and my leadership team, they're right alongside with me yeah. Yeah. Uh, on it. And um, so it can slow down the process, to be honest, to try sure. to get buy in. But I want that buy in. I want people to feel included in the process and it's making it so much more fun. This is yeah. really ultimately where I want to go is, is building businesses and helping other people build their businesses. Um, uh, that li- really lights me up. Yeah. That's awesome. So was the bakery always something you always had in the back of your mind? It was just because it was the building you saw it and like spark. And then that was it. Yep. Just to happen to be, I, I oh. definitely had a vision of diversified concepts at some point, but True. we were all sites on Laney and Lou and a couple other um, locations for Laney and Lou. So it's, it's been a diversion, but, um, but I'm really happy that we did it. Yeah. So have you had to be, cause I, like you said, the Laney and Lou concept was based on you, how you ate at home and all those things. So has this been a whole new like learning curve for you? Was a bakery, do you bake at home? Is this something that you've enjoyed at home at all? Like, or is this a whole new ball game for you? It's a whole new ball game and it is not the same as making a smoothie. It, there's a lot more science and, uh, yeah. and art in that. And, um, so thank goodness, um, our chef at Laney and Lou is also an executive pastry chef. So she's going to be running that business with me and, um, which is like also so much fun because we're taking some very unique things that we do with, uh, using food and combining that with wellness practices at a more traditional bakery setting. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's going to be like nothing that people have seen before. We're very excited about that. That's so cool. And so when is Ginger Fox supposed to open? You said probably in uh, two or three months. Okay. So roughly so right the same at, time is the location. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. D- don't call me in door. April or May. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then you got this new concept, I say concept, but now the idea to create altitude companies and tell me what, like you, you briefly touched on it before, but where did this come from and, and what is kind of the impetus for this and the direction of this? Altitude is the new wild adventurous life, but it is the, maybe the mature, hopefully, you know, more sexy, uh, older sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause and she's a crazy she, wild rebel. Exactly. Yeah. She knows a little bit more about where she's headed. And, sure. um, so we're really excited about this. We needed to create a container for the portfolio brands, maybe like a traditional hospitality group would be, but mm-hmm. also um, a container to hold our co- coaching services and um, our online programs, which we'll be launching here in the next year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also the live events that I was already hosting. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, it's going to be helping foster more entrepreneurs, being a consultant. Uh, what what do you see as far as the the concept itself? Are you looking at maybe like a, almost like a mastermind kind of setup or having a program where you're you're doing Zoom calls and everyone's joining in and having com- like a conference call? Like what does it look like for you to be a consultant for people? So I think it can look like a lot of different things, but I've worked with um, several other female, um, you know, restaurant owners, mm-hmm. um, and I've done some one-on-one coaching with people in retail as well. So my strong suit is around creating elevated experiences. We call yeah. Ele- Altitude is an elevated experiences company, and those Perfect. experiences can come through a retail experience or through an event or online, et cetera. 
but that's really where I think that we have a, an incredible amount of expertise. So that is everything from uh, branding, brand story, uh, creating the ultimate um, company culture, okay. experience for the guests, et cetera. Um, so we, we coach through all of those things. I just finished up uh, a, a consultation for another female-owned restaurant locally, and we did three different phases, financial, um, marketing, and branding, and um, operational reviews. And, um, and I'm very much looking to grow that aspect of my, my business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so basically to do this and to be that role and to, to provide this as through this company, what did you tap back into? Is it stuff that you learned from being back in corporate America or is it stuff that you like kind of the, all of the things you learned from creating Lanny and Lou? Or yeah. just with something that's inside you already? Is it all, or is it all of it? I don't know. It's, it be all of it. It's all of those things. One hundred percent taps into you know my my skill sets, my passions, and also the team building aspect of it. We're utilizing um, the experts that we've created within our own organization, and um, you know, and I, I I think what we do we do you know, fairly well. We're just constantly trying to up level and learn as we go. And I'm very openly trying to share those things. I, I feel like it's that whole, you know, uh, rising tide lifts all ships point totally. of view. I don't have a problem sharing the tips and, and tools that we put in place at Laney Moon to help us uh, be as successful as we can. And we do blow away pretty much every industry standard and and, um, you know, key performance indicator. So I, I think we come along with a, a lot of, um, experience. Yeah. And do you attribute that to the concepts that you have? Cause it's something that's not, you don't see a lot of like healthy, you know, healthy food places and you don't see a lot of, um, I don't know, it just, it's, it's unique. Let's put it that way. And then is it your team, the people you surround yourself with? Like, how did you find the people to help do this with you? Because obviously you can't do it by yourself. Like, is, do you feel like the people that you surround yourself with have been a big part of this as well? Mm hmm mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so huge is because the people that you surround yourself with, they're either going to help you dream bigger or they're going to try and keep you from, you know, risking it all or the fear factor will come in, into play and having people that are going to keep helping you dream uh, is so huge. And it's not easy to find a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, but I think when you put out a certain energy though, it, that energy comes back to you. So obviously you're, you're sending out good signals because you've had <laughs> some amazing you. people clearly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm, I'm so lucky. Our team has never been stronger and we, you know, and that's needed for growth. There's been plenty of opportunities to grow sooner. And I would just say I, I'm not ready or maybe the team's not ready. Uh, collectively, we're not ready. And a big part of it is my own personal mindset over the years has grown and developed. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, but 
but a hundred percent, I do believe at least in this, in this industry, it, it, it takes, it takes the entire team, uh, to be, you know, generally, as you've said, walking in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. And so if there's a, a woman out there, let's just say, give it some, if you could give some general advice, a woman that is um, wanting to pursue a passion, whether it's in hospitality or something else, um, what, like you said, you did mention this earlier about, you know, kind of your get back to your mission, but what would you say would be kind of your main like steps for someone to go from like maybe the corporate world to following what they really love and what they really want to do? Like, what would you give them as far as some basic advice? Well, I think at first you definitely need to be really honest with yourself about how much do you really love it? Right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. It's not going to be easy most of the yeah. time, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to be willing to um, you know, get in the mud for a long period of time in your business. And that can take the fun out of it. If you're, you know, if you had this, for instance, Lainey and Lou, I literally thought I was going to be spinning smoothies all day and chatting and it was going to be amazing. And I'd be doing my coaching business. And that is very far away from what it is ultimately like. Those elements are still there, but, um, you know, but it is a very hard and time consuming business. Um, so I think you have to be sort of in love with, if, especially if you're going to go in hospitality or retail, you've got to be in love with the elements of that type of business. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't create a new paradigm, which I believe that we have. And I know others are doing it as well. So there's this common movement of creating healthier teams, healthier work environments, um, colla- mm-hmm. collaboration. And um, and I'm very excited to be, um, you know, to be at the forefront of that movement with, uh, with many other restaurants. Um, and then I would, I would, uh, recommend to this person that they put themselves in the environment. I'm always, um, you know, I'm always eager to say, come on in, like come in, tour the restaurant, hang out for the day, join our team and not, and you don't have to stash and work for free. I will pay you. And I will yeah. teach you how to do this if that's really what you're excited to do. Um, yeah. And that's what I did before opening Laney and Lou. I basically staged at a place for a week. And I told myself, if I like this by the end of the week, then um, I, I, I will continue to move this process forward. Yeah, that's a great idea. Try mm-hmm. before you buy, mm-hmm. you know? Especially yeah. if you've never really done it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, what do you think are the biggest key reasons for your success? Like as far as like, if you could look back on the things that have gotten you to where you are now, like what are the key, the critical things that made you successful in this? I'm so in love with the impact, the positive impact that we're creating. And mm-hmm. whether that's with a team member, with a community member, with a, a, a group of people within our community, um, the way we're shifting the hospitality industry in our in our area, um, I think that's the piece. Like when someone walks into me, wa- walks into Laney and Lou, and says to me, you know, with tears in their eyes, my my daughter has never been able to ever eat out at a restaurant because she has such severe allergies, but she can yeah. come in here and I can feel comfortable feeding her. Or, yeah. um, you know, I have such in, you know, I have Lyme's disease and I'm not able to trust the food that I'm eating elsewhere. And, um, you know, it's, I've lost 120 pounds by coming in here consistently. I feel valued and seen. I, it's like 
those are the things that, you know, you just look back at the team and, you know, we all kind of have tears in our eyes and like, this is why we show up every day. It's, it's certainly not for the money, (laughs) but it it is, you're connecting to something so much bigger than yourself. Yeah. And you're making, yeah, you said you're making an impact in people's lives and you get to do that with something that you love with people that you enjoy being with and in a place that you call home. It's kind of a, a perfect scenario, honestly. It really is. Yeah. And so I want to get into the personal side just for a quick second. So now you've met another individual yes. uh, and he's got two boys. Now tell me what kind of impact this has made on your life. Like what has this done to you, for you? Well, right. this is a chance to you know, have two, you know, not babies, but two little, two little guys now all of a sudden in your life. What has this done to your life? It's been absolutely life changing. It, it has, um, I look at myself in a completely different way now. I, you know, I was always the, the kid that would say, I'm never going to have my own kids. Yeah. Um, never felt that pull until, um, you know, literally one day in, in October in 2020, when we ran into each other at a parking lot and I, I was like, whoa, just instantly. I, you know, I had just met Ben two days ago, two days before that, we just happened to run each into each other in a parking lot on a Friday night in October. And these kids got out of the car and I just took one look at them and I was like, Oh gosh, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, we claimed each other right then and there. And I mean, neither of us, none of us knew what was happening really at that point, but um, it was just within a, you know, a couple of days later, they were calling me ginger and mm-hmm. I, I somewhat the, the rest is history. It really slotted in place so easily for us with, with me, with the kids. And, um, you know, now we're at the point where, you know, several years later, where it's there a couple of years later, where they're, they kind of don't remember when I wasn't around, which is, you know, which sure. is sweet. Sometimes they'll be that like, oh, that was before Ginger, you know, oh, <laughs> you know, it's very, they're just the sweetest. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So did they, did they live also in Exeter and you just have never known each other or what was yeah, the, like so, the- uh, Ben and I both moved to the seacoast area in, you know, ni- 99, 2000 mm-hmm. timeframe. And we just circled around each other in, in social circles for, 20 years before we managed to, to find each other. And we always oh kind gosh. of talk about that. Like how many times were we sitting in the same restaurant together? So we yeah. met at our mutual favorite restaurant and that's, we were just like, how many times did we sit here together and didn't, oh my gosh, didn't know right? it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is so crazy. And I, this is why I also believe in divine, divine intervention when it comes to timing, because you probably, obviously you weren't ready to meet him 10 years ago or whatever, yes. right? It's all, this time. And, uh, I think it's just kind of crazy how it all falls into place when it's supposed to. Yes. And just to kind of trust and have the faith that it's going to work out the way it's meant to. You don't know what's coming around the corner and then, and then boom. And here comes this little family built in family. That's it's so true. Yes. It's amazing. And you learn, uh, I I'm sorry, I don't know this. Do you, do you have children? I have three. Okay. So I, I so (laughs) you'll probably agree when I say like, it's just, I've learned more about myself with these kids than I ever humanly felt was possible. And I've tapped into pieces of myself that I didn't know um, was there. They, they make yeah. me uh, just a better human in general, but they make me a better leader and a better friend and a better partner. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's been, it's been really wonderful, not without its challenges for sure, but, um, yeah. but it has made me second guess too. It, there was a period of time where, 
um, it, it, I had to mourn the fact that I didn't have my own children. Cause it was sure. at that point where I was like, Oh wait, like I actually really missed out on something really beautiful here. Um, yeah. but being, you know, being their third parent is a, just a beautiful gift. And it, it, that, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you, you have mentioned this on your socials before, but like just you honor being that third parent in such a way that was so beautiful. I don't know what post it was, but you put it out there and it was like, oh, that was so heartfelt and sweet. And, um, it just was really touching to read it. Cause obviously I, I don't understand that role, but to come in and I'm sure it's, you know, you've seen all the romantic comedies, you've seen all the movies about, you know, the awful stepmom or whatever. <laughs> and it's always this joke and being that third parent, but you've, you've really welcomed it and honored it. And, uh, you paid tribute to it in that post really, really sweetly. Thank and, you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just now unraveling what this is meant, what I'm meant to do with this. And, mm-hmm. and I really want to normalize the role because more than 50% of adults and, and children are in, um, what we would call sort of non-traditional, uh, family, yeah. uh, arrangements. And, um, and I believe that they should be able to read books where, you know, there's a person in the book that is their, you know, their, uh, version of ginger. And, um, and it really, I I can see how it makes the kids, um, uncomfortable when we watch films that reference the evil stepmom or, um, you know, those types of things, or, you know, it's not always the, the stepmom that has broken up the family. I mean, in this case, Ben was divorced, you know, five years earlier. So I had absolutely nothing to do with any of that. I'm only, I'm only just here to come in and love them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I realize it more now as I watch commercials and I watch movies and stories and, uh, and I try and look at it through a lens of somebody other than myself a lot of times and realize how does this look to somebody that doesn't fit the normal role yeah. or doesn't look the way that I look or, uh, doesn't have the same structure, family, whatever. And there's times, some places, some, some shows and some commercials have done a great job of adapting and changing with the times and others. Uh, it makes me sad, you know, to look at and say, I, 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 I feel for the person I don't even know because they're seeing it and not seeing themselves. And, uh, that's heartbreaking. Yes. So yeah, it comes through that. right in sex, race, gender, you know, yeah. uh, f- you know, physical ability, all, all that it, it comes through. I feel like I feel like this, just this subject alone seems to be really, um, lagging in, Mm -hmm. in being sort of at the forefront. And I, I I just don't understand it because again, like I said, so many people are experiencing this in their everyday lives that, um, you know, it, it makes it challenging everything from as simple as like something comes home from school, but the kids only get one copy even, you know, and we've had to advocate for them. Can you please give them two copies because you're putting them in a position where they then need to choose which family gets the copy. And, and that just is so unnecessary to put that on children. And they're seven, you know, they're not 12 or 14 that, you know, can kind of figure that out. They're seven. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what sweethearts. What are they into right now? What's their big 
Active. Are they active or are they into games? Like what's their thing? They're very much into football. That would be the actual version of football where you use your foot. So soccer. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, um, and then at home and we have so much fun. Um, you know, we, we've just now, um, we moved into a new home a year ago and we just got a giant, a giant dining room table. Their most favorite thing is to have family dinner. Which I think oh, is I unreal. That. And we do Rosebud Thorn. And now they've added, if you don't know that, so Rose is your favorite thing, but is something you're looking forward oh, sure. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thorn yeah. is your least favorite thing. And now we do um, STEM, something, this is their idea, STEM, something you're growing into, an opportunity that you're working on, oh. which is so amazing. And Petal, yeah, Petal is something that happened in the past and um oh. that you want to be grateful for so it's really sweet oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> and we just said highs and lows and that was it highs and lows, lows something you're grateful yeah. for that's what we did and but that's the same concept mm-hmm. i love that yeah it's great that's so cool yeah I, I do miss those days and we're still we're running and gunning and i've i've got one left at home and so he's 17 and he's off and so we don't see a lot we you know it, we're in passing so it's sure. more about my husband and i eating together and then we end up watching a show so our family dinners have gone by the wayside so i miss I miss those days, but we get them at holidays and whatnot. But I love that you have that just coming into your life. It's such a special because you get to hear the things they tell you. And it's something that's so funny is that all of a sudden the conversation you never would have had comes up. It's so true. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, in the car rides or whatever, all of a sudden things, there's like kind of a distraction a little bit, but also the kids, you know, I think they look forward to that time. They get to share their thing like, oh, this gets to go on my, my, you know, my, my, little list today or whatever, the thing I get to talk about at dinner tonight and say, so start looking for things. So and that's true. so, yeah, and what I so find fun. is really intriguing is typically they struggle the most with the thorn. And, oh, really? and I'm like, well, I wonder if this is normal for, you know, kids at seven to not want to talk about things that are a little bit more negative or more challenging in their day. Yeah. And yeah. so they used, to, I used to allow them to skip the thorn if they felt like they didn't have one. And now I'm like, oh no, everybody has a thorn. So it could yeah. be just that you yeah. got a paper cut at school or, you yeah. know, what are we going to do? But it's, I'm like, this is an important part of the process. A little bit I of discomfort, it. right? Yeah, absolutely. Two things I want to finish with real quick. As far as the altitude companies, if if somebody is wondering about coming to you for help, what is your ideal client? Who are you looking for to come to help? I think our ideal client is probably pretty, it's probably pretty broad, but right now we are focusing primarily on uh, the solopreneur, those in retail and uh, hospitality. Yes. Got it. So obviously it's your, it's your sweet spot. So, yeah. Um, and then as far as getting in touch with you regarding that, I'll put everything in the show notes. I'll put all your contact Thank info. You. Um, and so I want to finish with the last thing. I always ask everybody, um, what is the one thing that's making you feel odd right now? And that's awake, well, and empowered. I'm, I'm going to have to say the kids because mm-hmm. nothing, nothing sort of awakens my soul quite like being with them and um, mm-hmm. the way that it's, it's very easy for me to be 100% present to them, which is a lovely gift. No kidding. That's awesome. And I think probably at this point in your life too, you've done all the other things you're getting all this going, you're, you're, you've created a system. You have a little more of a a process now than when you probably in the very beginning of Laney and Lou, and now you can enjoy kind of the the fruits of that labor and having more structured time that you get to be with them and and whatnot. So this is probably the perfect time for you to be 
with these little yes, guys. Yes, for sure. Getting ready for the it. craziness of opening a couple of restaurants together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe they can use your little help. Exactly. I can't wait to see their, their, their little faces uh, on your posts and being a part of the whole Thank thing. You. So I'm just, I just know that I'm cheering you on from way over here. I've been loving watching your story, loving watching what you do. Uh, you're just, um, you're an inspiration to me as a woman entrepreneur. Uh, even though we're doing different things, I think it's important to have women that you look up to in your life that are doing the thing that is hard. It's not easy. It's not a normal role for women. Sometimes uh, we see a lot of stay home moms. We see a lot of the the teachers or other you know female roles. And to have a woman as an entrepreneur that's doing and following her passion, it's important to have that out there. So I thank you for for sharing yourself with the world out there because I'm watching and I just appreciate. All that you Thank do. you, sister. Right back at you. Thank you for doing what you do. Oh, well, I hope so. I hope that we can get more people driven to... I, I, I was living in the area. You would see me every single <laughs> day, Lainey Lou. I'm not kidding you. I crave that kind of space. We have one that's here in town that's a little further away, but I just... I love that you are offering that for the people of your town. I think it's awesome. And I just know that I'm always with you in spirit whenever you're opening those Thank doors. Thank you so much. So. All right, dear. Have a great day. Talk soon. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com. Or on Instagram, I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.